Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, your host, life coach, and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing loneliness and attracting safe, emotionally healthy people. Loneliness and isolation have to be in the top five of HSP struggles. Where are the healthy, safe people? Are there really healthy, safe people out there, Nikki? I have been asked this question hundreds upon hundreds of times on an individual basis, person after person after person after person, and well before COVID. If anything, the pandemic took pressure off of having to assimilate with the masses, And with that pressure off, maybe a newfound awareness has washed over a lot of highly sensitive people, realizing, wow, when I get out of the chaos of hustle and bustle life like we were doing before COVID, and when I really sit with myself and look around, I might not have many people on the true friend and trusted list. Or in the past year or two, I have heard more adults losing friendships. And this has been true in my personal life too. The average highly sensitive person has felt and met many people across the span of a lifetime who have average to lower empathy, average to lower insight, average to lower conscientiousness and consideration. And we've met lots of people who take advantage or bulldoze our sensitivities. For this episode, I ask you to understand energy even if that sounds woo-woo and stupid to you. Just consider it for this episode. Adults who grew up with moderate to high levels of chaos and dysfunction were sort of forced to attune to a dysfunctional vibration. And you know energy is real, not because the woman you met in yoga a few years ago said she's into Reiki energy healing. You know energy is real because we've all walked into a room after someone had an aggressive exchange, a fight, and we could feel the tension. That's why we can say, oh, we can cut the tension with a knife. That's where that saying comes from. So logically, survivors and highly sensitive people, we crave safety, connection, reciprocity, and compassion with healthy people. 
But energetically, we may have been attuned to the opposite. And this is depressing as all hell. Why? Because the depression gremlins creep in. And we don't realize we are stuck in this shitty energetic loop that feels like a trap. It's a trap of continuing energetically to attract low vibe, low compassion, low honesty, low conscientiousness people into our lives, which makes it seem like that's all that's available. I really believe that this right here that I'm naming today drives much suicidal ideation and action. It can feel like there's no way out. This dynamic starts to eat its own tail in a sense, doubling down on the struggle. How? Because the more you put yourself out there while attuned to funky energy, the more you attract funky energy. The more you prove the desperateness of the peopling situation, the more you feel like a broken failure and withdraw from even trying to connect with new people. Or you try again and get the same funky energy and feel doubly deflated, defeated, exhausted. And that gives a lot of permission to give up on people and to be very, very lonely. Here is the kicker that can absolutely turn this dynamic around and be life-changing and affirming. And I don't throw the life-changing words around easily. You don't hear me say that on every episode, do you? But this is life-changing. I changed my relationship with myself. Because the truth was in my younger self that as high empathy as I was for babies, for dolphins, or for the homeless, I was harsh and cruel and flogging of myself, driven by negativity and impossible perfectionism. And I was so hypervigilant about observing others to make sure they weren't about to hurt me or my feelings that I completely missed for years the detrimental impact of being incredibly hurtful to myself. If I called myself a stupid bitch, a lazy bitch while in adrenal fatigue before anyone else did, well, it wouldn't hurt as much, would it, if someone else came along and said it? It's a dynamic of, oh, I'll say it first to myself because you can't hurt me. Ha, I already hurt myself. Yeah, I win. You're not going to surprise me by hurting me. And the prize I won for that was self-abuse, self-worth that was on the floor, self-esteem that felt like a puddle. That was my craziness I had to learn how to own. That I was looking for friends that could hold space for me in ways I was clueless about holding for myself. A healthy person isn't going to deal with that very long because a healthy person does not want to love and care for me while I feed myself toxic self-talk, all fear all the time. In this way, I continued attuning to low vibes, to negativity, to abuse, to neglect, and even to cruelty in some ways. Despite going to therapy, despite reading tons of books, despite getting into yoga around this time, I was still exercising these self-cruelty muscles. I made this statement earlier in this very episode that the average HSP has felt and met many people across the span of a lifetime who have average to lower empathy, 
average to lower insight, average to lower conscientiousness and consideration, and people who take advantage or bulldoze our sensitivities. If we admit this, our lives change. Because if you admit this, you will start to change your energy attunement from dysfunctional to functional, from dark to light, from victim and broken to empowered and self-respecting. And you will draw that in. But this can't change without admitting to yourself that you yourself have been operating with low empathy for yourself while wanting others to show up empathetically for you. You have observed the abuse from others while ignoring the self-abuse you enact and continue every day inside that head of yours, saying things to yourself you would likely not say to another person, or if you did, you would regret it, apologize deeply, and work hard to never repeat it. Admit that you have not acted in a loving way with yourself. Again, while walking this planet wanting a partner or a friend circle that shows up and gives you what you aren't giving yourself right now. Admit you have been overly people-pleasing and conscientious to others when you didn't want to and wound up resenting the energy that it took, which means you've been manipulating others. Ooh, that's a hard one for highly sensitives, but there's a lot of truth in it. If you have been people-pleasing and saying yes to others' requests when you really don't want to do it, you have been lying and manipulating. You've just been doing it under the mask of niceness. It takes courage and commitment to show up and say no and speak your truth with clarity and step out from behind the nice, nice mask Because you want non-manipulative, truth-speaking friends or partnership, don't you? This is an exercise of looking in the mirror and saying, am I that? Am I what I want? How do I be a good catch for someone else? That's the two-way street of friendship. Real, deep, safe, committed, connected friendships that are more like sisters, like soul sisters or soul brothers. So are you non-manipulative? Are you honest? Are you true speaking with yourself with kind strength? Do you true speak others with kind strength? No, thank you. I need to pass on that this weekend. Do you deliver clear yeses and clear noes with kind strength and honesty? And do you respect your energy, your limits on time, not allowing yourself to be unnecessarily drained? in the name of passive-aggressive niceness. So again, the loneliness in us wants friends who aren't draining. But are you participating in draining yourself? And do you disregard yourself and allow yourself to be drained in the same ways over and over and over again? Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Calm History. It's a time machine of tranquility filled with immersive and fascinating stories from history. Prior episodes include The Pilgrims, Marco Polo, Henry Ford, 
Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, Klondike Gold Rush, Ancient Greek Olympics, Easter Island, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's also a six-part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com. The last thing to admit on this personal responsibility journey that can absolutely change your vibration in the world and attune you to healthier people because you show up more healthy for yourself is to admit in having bulldozed and shamed your own sensitivity. We can understand where that comes from. We live in a world that does not necessarily respect sensitivity, so we learned it honest, like we say in Louisiana. But you can seek a different knowledge about your sensitivity, a different respect level and friendship level with yourself. It won't work the other way. It will never work to just want others to respect and honor your sensitivity while secretly you don't. Do you see how misaligned that is for your goals of getting outside of loneliness? Does this show you where you need to do some work? I'm not talking about the kind of bubble bath kind of self-love, self-care, but the deep, real shit of honoring this person that you are, everything you've experienced and overcome. I challenge you to start using some of that high sensitivity, pig-headed stubbornness that I believe is fairly dominant as a characteristic in our tribe. I certainly have it. But I don't use that stubbornness to my detriment anymore. I use it to get pig-headed and stubborn about respecting myself, about leaning into the light. I want to challenge you to celebrate your quirks. Celebrate your achievements. Celebrate the way you love your pets. Let that be a guru about what I'm pointing out, that you love yourself the way you love your pets, that you start loving the sound of your own voice. So many of us have been silenced. So many of us have struggled to find our message, our voice. Love on that part of yourself. Respect, honor, celebrate how special, how sincere and unique your perspectives are. Notice the things about yourself that make you uniquely you. Do you have a special little twinkle in your eye, a way that you glow? Does someone in your life tell you things like, hey, you're smart? And do you dismiss them like they're liars when you can embrace that and love yourself with it and through it? Do you love the way that you hug someone that you love and miss? Do you like your handwriting, the way you write or play? When you act in love with yourself and embody the types of friendships and romantic relationships you crave within the relationship with yourself, you attune energetically to what you want instead of what you've known. Because you've done a lot of the hard work to get to know your true self. It's a journey to get to know your true self free from the effects of a difficult childhood. Because a difficult or chaotic or neglectful childhood 
teaches all of us some things that are just flat out wrong about ourselves. It teaches us ways of being with ourselves that are incorrect, that are not useful. And you don't have to come from a super dysfunctional family to get that. The way our world family shame sensitivity is enough. When you show up for yourself in such a way, your energy changes and what you attract reflects that. I hope this episode shines some light on some loneliness corners in your world, some ways that you can do some work on that that has nothing to do with that next person being in front of you to work on it with you. I hope today's episode helps you let go of any and all story of wondering if healthy people are out there. They really are, y'all. And none of us are perfect. But people who are committed to personal responsibility and willing to practice personal ownership are generally pretty safe and they're out there. You get to become one of the healthy that are out there. That's because someone else is waiting to connect with you. Do you understand that? You working on your healthy relationship with yourself isn't just for you to make a friend. It's for someone else out there to make friends with you too. There is someone out there, more than one person, who is waiting to find a connection and refuge within you too. You are waiting to find connection and refuge within you. And when we do this work and we start going out into the world and we connect with a real live person other than ourselves, yeah, it's scary. It's vulnerable. And we have fears. What if the relationship doesn't last? What if it disappears? What if I mess it up? But when you're coming from a place of having practiced truly loving yourself and being your own best friend, even if a relationship doesn't last, simply because not all relationships are long hauls, some are short and impactful, meaningful, and you'll remember them forever, but not every relationship is supposed to last forever. So if you lose a relationship that you thought was for a lifetime, and you've been practicing being your own best friend, you won't be left in a despair hole. And we never want to get into the despair hole because that's where the depression and suicide gremlins are eagerly waiting to feed. And the reason that being your friend keeps you out of that despair hole is because your inner child in that moment of loss looks up at you and see safety, love, respect, friendship, care. And in that moment, your inner self knows they are never, ever truly alone because you have done the work to embody being your own very best friend and resource. This is truly the safety that we seek as survivors. We're in year four here at Emotional Badass. We just recently celebrated hitting a major goal on our Patreon. But a big way that you have helped us since the beginning has been working the funky iTunes algorithm. I want to thank some of you who have spent your precious time and energy getting on iTunes to write us a review. It really does help other people Find the show. All you have to do is click the subscribe button wherever you subscribe 
and go to iTunes to write a review. I want to thank It Needs Work. (laughs) They say such differing topics. Thank you so much for this podcast. I came across it on the Explore page of Apple Podcasts and fell in love right away. I love how they are usually only 10 to 20 minutes long. I know some of them have been longer lately, trying to get back to shorter, you guys, so I can fit it into my busy, hectic schedule. Also, the topics are so differentiating, and I love the wide range. Almost every single podcast includes words of wisdom that I needed to hear on a daily basis. Thank you so much. I want to thank Imparadise Me. They say, wow, simply speechless. There are no words to fully describe how amazing this, oh, thank you, how amazing this woman and her podcast are. None. Get me. I sincerely hope that this podcast and Nikki's spark spread like wildfire. Her words and her voice have gotten me through many dark and lonely days. Each episode seems to catch me right where I am in that moment. It takes my breath away. Nikki and her support team, that is Chris, that is Kat, and that is now Ruth because y'all helped us on Patreon, really hit that goal. Thank you. This tribe is so worth taking a chance on. Her show challenges. Thank you so, so much. I want to thank Summer AVR for writing a review. See, it's a little cut off on my page. I can't read it. But they're asking me to talk more about narcissists that pose as empaths and highly sensitive people. Yes, that is happening a lot. And I will talk about that more. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank Golfmaster2296. They just say, I love the intro music. (laughs) I'm so happy you love the intro music. We probably spent months really finding the music for this show. I want to thank AMYR. They say, wow, recently and finally realized I am an HSP and this is amazing. I'll read one more. Thank you, Chris, with a whole bunch of numbers behind it. They say, calling all HSPs, this is for you, capital Y-O-U, and for me, coincidentally. Love this podcast. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you guys for sending the show. Such love. I'm so in awe. We reach almost every single country across the world. If you'd like to share this episode or any episode to help continue being our marketing team, It's probably easiest to go find us at emotionalbadass.com where you can share every single episode. Since it's hard to share, we all listen on different podcasting apps. And you can find us everywhere in all the places. Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Pandora, iTunes. And at the very least, today's episode was on loneliness. If you ever feel lonely... Go to iTunes. Go read these reviews. You are most definitely not alone on this planet with your sensitivity. We're out there. And now that you know what that is and you're learning how to respect and honor your sensitivity, you're going to be able to connect with more and more highly sensitive people as you move through this journey. Light and love. I'm an emotional badass. You're an emotional badass. And together we are where Moxie meets mindful light and love and so much healing i'll see you next time
Bye-bye. Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about history? If so, then try my podcast, Calm History. You'll learn all about famous explorers, inventions, civilizations, ancient wonders, and even the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to Calm History dot com.